Hello, 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 hello. Welcome back, everybody. This is your man's the one, and this is the Dukes of Football. And this is episode 36, Conference Championship Weekend. And what an exciting weekend we had last weekend with the divisional rounds. Oh, my Lord, what an exciting weekend. It was just football from, you know, just amazing football, amazing football, and more amazing football. But um, thank you for joining in tonight. Um, and I have a special guest hanging out with me uh, tonight on the Dukes of Football. Well, he's still special because he's new. He's the newest member um, to our network, but he's been around the fellas um, for a little bit. Um, if you check the racing scene out, if you like the iRacing side of BW Sports over at Checkers of Records TV, you know who this guy is. Um, and if you are a Checkers of Records follower, and you know that they brought the show back. And you know this guy is a part of that revamped uh, studio, uh, um, that revamped show, Checkers and Records. So let's bring him on. We have The Source. How's it going? It's going all right, buddy. How's about yourself? Another wonderful day. Get ready for uh, championship weekend. No, it is exciting. I know we it took us a second to pop on because we were having the most intelligent conversation um off the side about a little bit about baseball. Yeah. That is the one sport that we don't really have a consistent show with. I know when Dan and I did the uh Wednesday night live where we kind of had a hit a hodgepodge, you know, where we dealt with all the sports, we kind of dealt with baseball a little bit, but it was great that you had mentioned it because I kind of want to we probably won't do it tonight, but I want I want to get into this 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 controversy that we've been having the last what sixteen to twenty four hours about the Hall of Fame uh, inductees or lack thereof inductees, <sighs> but nobody's really freaking talking about it. You know what I mean? And ooh, I think we had to do a special. Ah, I, yeah, I'd be down for a special. I talked about it all day at work today because uh, as we were talking, I've co-workers are coaching baseball so dan even tried to get me involved in doing a hockey podcast and i'm like dude eh, flyers are on a 13 game losing streak i'd rather just like stay away from that right now <laughs> dan don't even watch hockey i know <laughs> that's the sad part <laughs> what a guy it's all right it's all right but i think i think in the future there might be a wednesday night live type theme show uh coming back where we touch on all of uh the sports in one segment kind of just deal with it here and there you know who knows what happens in the future 2022 is going to be a really nice year for the network and all of us individually so um without further ado i guess it's time for us to get into it man um appreciate you hope coming on and hanging out with me for a little bit and then i guess we're going get going uh let's see who we got first up on the docket First up on the docket, we do have my bookie NCAA uh, man cave chatter, fifty percent deposit match up to a thousand bucks and a ten dollar free bet. Mybookie.ag. Uh, we do have one one topic for college this week. Um, it is technically the off season, like off off season. Um, only thing that's really going on right now is recruiting and transfer portal. You know what I mean? But there's one thing that just cannot get out of the headlines. Will he or will he not? Yeah. Will Jim Harbaugh jump back into the NFL or will he keep his nice cushy job that he got with super incentives at the University of Michigan? 
So my opinion on that would be I could see him doing it because he's not a bad NFL head coach. He's proven it before. He's obviously a good college coach, and it seems like he gets along with the players no matter where he's at, whether he's at San Fran or Stanford or Michigan or wherever. So I think he would be the right fit for a NFL program. I don't know if this is the right time for him to jump up there, though. I mean, I'd not not taking anything away from you being a Michigan fan, you know, you know, rivalry Penn State, but I think what he has going at Michigan is just too good for him just to bail on right now. I could see it though, two three years down the road, if the opportunity's there for a good head coaching job in the NFL, take it. But right now, I just can't see him jumping ship. I I agree with you. I'm gonna give you a little insight. And it's not not anything that I've heard from the seven or eight Michigan fees that I uh, groups that I'm a part of. There's nothing, nothing of that. This is just something that I feel that I'll get to it in a second. But I agree with you. I think he has proven in the NFL that he is a decent enough coach where he can get teams to buy into the scheme and the program and get to um, the playoffs and get to the Super Bowl. He's done it. He hasn't won it, but he's gotten there. You know what I mean? He turned around a program that was struggling, you know, when he was in San Francisco. San Francisco was struggling for a while in that low after uh, Steve Young and whoever followed him. It was a a nice dark period in San Francisco out in the Bay. You know what I mean? Thank God for Golden State because it was looking pretty bad. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, you know, so he he done it there. Uh, Made the transition – uh, to bring it back to Stanford program, you know what I mean? And you can see what it looks like now. They had a couple good years after he left with his assistant, but um, they haven't been to the quality of program that he had when he was with Andrew Luck. Didn't win it, but he had an opportunity to get there. All right? So even think if you go back before that, I think he was at San Diego State, again, another yeah. uh, school that he improved. But he comes to Michigan. You know, Michigan is in – um, a very bad state. You had two very bad um, hires in Rodriguez and um, Hope, Brady Hope. Uh, terrible, terrible hires. You know, we had a couple good teams. Uh, no, I'll take that back. We had a couple good players that come out of there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Taylor Lewan, um, Shoelaces. You know, you had a couple other guys that come out of there. But for the most part, they was in a bad spot. Harbaugh comes in, builds a program back up with with pride. Now, we jump on him because he, you know, wasn't beating Michigan State. He definitely wasn't beating Ohio State. But he was winning nine and ten games every year when we were winning five and six games, you know, on a consistent basis. So he did turn the program around. And this year, it kind of gave him a little bit of validation of how it's hard work. You know what I mean? You finally beat Ohio State. You finally get to a position to play for the Final Four and the championship, knowing that we were overmatched by any SEC school that we would have played. But you got the opportunity. You know, you got to play the game. They played, they got their ass whooped. But you got there. So, um, yeah, he could do it on both levels. There are very good opportunities open. The Raiders, the Dolphins. The Broncos. Um, there's another one out west. There's a sneaky pick that he has the opportunity for at the Bears. You know, but why? 
Why go when you have total control over a program? Why go when you have to deal with egos again? You have to manage egos. You have to manage coaching egos. You have to manage coaches who are looking for your job that is on your staff. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Why do that? You got control and backing of the university and the fans. So I think the Raiders job would be an ideal spot for him because you talk about the control at Michigan and with them firing Mike Mayock, that's when all the rumors came out that the Raiders were really looking at Harbaugh and he would leave for the NFL because of Mayock. I think the situation would have to be kind of like the old Bill O'Brien situation when he went back to the pros, when he became the head coach at Houston, I want control of my team. And I, 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 you're shaking your head because I, I know what you're – I think that's the only way he would want to go, though, is if he had some sort of – I wouldn't say control, but more say than just being a, hey, I'm a head coach. I want a little bit more say in what's going to happen with this team because, well, I'm coaching these kids uh, or these guys. I'm going to have – I'm going to be with them every day. I'm going to be doing this with them. I'm going to be doing that with them. I want players that I know are going to come in here and play for me and – we don't have a situation like we had down in Jacksonville with urban being a complete a-hole. You know what I'm saying? And I don't think Harbaugh would do that, but I think that's the only way that it would be intriguing to pull him now. Like, Hey, you know what? We're not going to make you general manager, but let's put you in charge of some player personnel that you have some control of your team and go from there. But again, I think it's going to be like two or two years down the road. It's going to be, I think it'd be like a decent job. I think even by then it's, Maybe like Detroit, they're going to, I think they would improve within a few years. Maybe that would draw him because it's still a hometown team for him. So I could see something like that. But for him to go now, it'd have to be the, hey, you know what? You're going to have a lot more control than just being a head coach. Well, we've already seen it. The fact that when the coach has control like that, it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It doesn't work. I mean, you need, you need the perfect, you need the perfect alignment. You need what happens in in New England. You need what happens in um, old New Orleans now that Sean Payton is gone. You need an owner who gives the general manager the money that he needs to get what the coach needs. Right. And then that's the process. If you keep this Jerry Jones-style attitude as an owner, or if you get this, I need control of every situation that I, it, it's not going to work. And we've seen it, it not work. So um, he's a person who likes control, but he's also a player's coach. If he jumps back to the NFL, it's going to be after he, he wins a national championship. I think he stays at Michigan until he wins one. And the reason why I say that, that I'm not worried about him leaving this year is he's recruiting. He's on the trail. Yeah. He's not sitting in the office and his assistants are out recruiting. He's out recruiting. So that kind of gives me a little insight that I think he's going to stay, well, at least this year. I mean, I think he's going to stay, but to your point of perfect scenarios for him to have some sort of control, the Raiders actually would not be a bad spot. They already have a good core of players. They showed this year through all that diversity on how much they – uh, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> uh, they showed through all that diversity with the core players sticking together like they did with having the interim coach and how good that they could actually be. With a little bit of leadership from a hardball with, hey, you know what? 
I he can recruit. So him having a little bit of say in the player personnel, he knows these kids from college. Hey, come play for me. I will we'll be better. I promise you we'll be better. That's the kind of like perfect scenario I was talking about. That's why I think the Raiders, if they would offer him that, it would intrigue him to go. But I'm with you. I don't think he leaves this year, but down the road, something like that. I could see it happening. Yeah. And and Dan knows as much as I love this word is sports adversity. I will say that the Raiders is the only team who's who's truly had to overcome adversity in in a sports type of setting. Anything else is just, you know, you're just playing a sport. So you're overcoming some hardship. You're overcoming some obstacles. Adversity is like some life and death shit. What they went through on the Raiders is still able to make the playoffs and have an opportunity to advance. Hey, there's true adversity for me in sports. Right. Yeah. And and uh, even with the whole thing with Gruden, I mean, everybody was so high on Gruden and how good of a coach he can be, and then that whole thing went down. And then you had Henry Ruggs, and you had all those guys getting arrested, and they still made the playoffs. I mean, still come on now. Still made the playoffs. And nobody even talked about the uh, the gay guy at all. Like, that was like a non-story yeah. except for the first week of the yeah. story. Nassim from Penn State, which nothing against any – any of that nature, but he's actually not a bad player either. So no, not at all. It just so happens that he's stuck behind Max Crosby and it's kind of like, well, how often are you going to see the field with Max Crosby out on the field? So, well, at least not that funny community is saying he's not playing because, you know, he said he yeah. was open. Yeah. <laughs> right. He's just a right. better guy in front of me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, nothing, not taking anything away from him, but it's just like, how do you, bench backs Crosby for somebody else right now. Like you don't, that's insane. That's completely insane. So outstanding. All right. So uh, let's keep it moving. We're going to jump right into the NFL because we had a lot of stuff go on this past weekend. So we go inside the NFL cooler brought to you by Circle City Cryogenics uh, where we freeze just about anything, but we don't freeze people. So basically what they do, bro, is they take like um, auto equipment, automotive equipment, you know, brakes and uh, tools and farm stuff like that, and they cryogenically freeze it where it lasts longer and performs better. Oh, no shit. <laughs> maybe maybe I should give them some parts off my Ford to make my Ford run longer. <laughs> I was thinking a little more personal, but no, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't want to. I didn't want to go that route, but since you are, yeah, all right. <laughs> oh stick. man, yeah. Uh, Denzel is great for race cars. I did think I said automotive. He Mr. did, buddy. He, he did, yeah. Mister. I'm, I'm afraid to get on camera right now. <laughs> he's, he's got the fat cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna leave him alone because he he start talking shit. All right, so uh, we're into it's some talk. So, uh, what's up on our call today? So, we had the division around last week, which I am saying um, to me personally, it was probably the best weekend ever of yep. playoff football. Maybe the best weekend ever of total combined game of play of, of good football games. What Absolutely. Absolutely. Every game, last play of the game, basically, is what won that game. 
whether it was the overtime, the controversy of people wanting different overtime rules or the last second field goals. I mean, I was rooting for the 49ers because they beat the Cowboys, obviously. It, it is what it is. But they were so underrated going into the playoffs. I don't think anybody expected them to even make it to where they are now. And Robbie Gold, Mr. Clutch Kicker right there, never missed a kick in the playoffs. Kicking in pregame while the Packers are doing their player introductions on that same side, like, <laughs> I, I'm like mind blown, dude. That was that, that weekend was just awesome. I I hope we have more of that the, the rest of the way. I hope the Super Bowl is not stale. I hope these championship games are the same way. Um, one well, could tell you the halftime show is going to save the Super Bowl if it is stale. Um, I think it might come out to be maybe the third or fourth best super, halftime Super Bowl ever. But we'll get to that. Man, I agree. Every one of these games were like nail body, like you were on your chair, like you know what I mean. I was forgetting to drink, like I had drinks in front of me, and I just was like <laughs> into the game. It was like, oh, I need to drink that. I'm babysitting. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But <laughs> you know, it was like, who's gonna win it? Who's gonna win it? I mean, it was like um, every team had an opportunity, every team did what they were supposed to do to give themselves a chance to win. And did you not think? that Tom Brady was going to pull that shit off again. <laughs> I actually kind of was hoping he was going to uh, just, just cause, just cause everybody hates him, but I love, I love Tom Brady, dude. Like I'm a secret Tom Brady fan. I love, I wanted to see him go. If this is his last year, I wanted to see him go out on top one more time. Uh, yeah, I do. I do know who it is, Dan. Thank you very much. Uh, I think, what I was actually surprised about is everybody was talking about the Bills and Chiefs game and why the Bills didn't kick the squib kick. I don't know if that would have even mattered because what are the odds that 13 seconds left on the clock and they still drive down 40 yards to tie the game? No matter where the ball lands. Like you're, you're, you're Okay, so they run the clock down three or four seconds. That's 10 seconds. and They only have to go 30 yards. It's Patrick Mahomes. He's still going to do Mahomes things. And even with that much time left, like, yeah, I don't know. That that whole thing was crazy. That whole weekend was just awesome. So well, the, the two things that stand out to me, one, why in the hell did they call a zero blitz and leave yeah. Cooper, Cooper cup running down the seam? They messed ever said that was just a, you know, a go me play, a gimme play. Like he's never open on that play. Like no. I can't believe that he's open on this play. And how do you, Whatever thought you to go zero blitz, I have no idea on that one. And the second will be in, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is absolutely stupid, amazing. And now I have to go out and buy a jersey for my son because he's a part of the mixed kid club. And he's like, Mahomey, Mahomey, dad, I need a Mahomey jersey. I'm like, oh, my God, can you get like a uh, – uh, Hollow model jersey like what I had gave you when you were three years old. <laughs> but no, I mean 13 seconds, man. 13 seconds. 13. 13 seconds. <laughs> and and it wasn't like they were just like bad defensive plays either. What are the odds that Travis Kelsey is going to run 20 some yards downfield on a little short route down the sideline? And and the of all people, I'm thinking Tyreek Hill is going to get another pass. Even the pass to Hardman was good. Like, 
I could expect those guys getting multiple touches, but a guy like Travis Kelsey running 20 yards downfield on a little like 10 yard route. Listen, I absolutely expected Travis Kelsey to do that. Who is his go-to guy? Who goes and makes all the plays for Mahomes when he needs plays made to make him look good? Kelsey. He got his swagger back. <laughs> and I get that part, but you're also talking about the number one defense in the league. So for most yeah. of the game, you're talking about most of the game, Kelsey, I wouldn't say he wasn't a factor, but he's also not the guy that you were expecting in that situation. We have to go 40 yards downfield. Let's hit our fast guys. Let's hit, let's hit Hardman. Let's hit Tyreek Hill multiple times. Get down the sidelines so we can get in field goal range. So when he got that ball and ran – I think it was what 23 yards 24 yards whatever it was like I, I was not expecting that at all because it's like whoa like he really hasn't had a big play like that all game and now this is the time where he does it yeah there was there was like no point scored and then all of a sudden there was just a mirage of point a bar- yeah <laughs> a barrage of points that was just scored right away I agree yeah. it was it was exciting but then what about Joe Burrow, man? Is that guy like cool as a cucumber? <laughs> I like the best part in his press conference when he came up and said, yeah, so McF- uh, Evan came up to uh, Brandon Allen, their backup, and said, oh, I'm going to make this kick. What? <laughs> like, and he just walked up to the podium and just said that, like, oh, yeah, I got, I got my swagger. I got my national championship. Putting all the haters and the doubters to the side, and I'm going to go out here and I'm going to, when the, uh, we won this game and we're going to compete for the Super Bowl, whether you like it or not, I think them versus the Chiefs, ideal matchup. I don't care what anybody says. That's the most ideal matchup for a championship game. Yeah, we'll talk about that here in a second. But yeah, exciting game. <clears throat> it's hard for me to cheer for the Bengals because <laughs> they're <why>. in my <laughs> division. <laughs> really hard. But they are exciting, and you can, and deep down inside, you gotta have a little bit of like, eh. <laughs> so. Um, but since you brought it up, let's talk about that overtime. You know, what I mean, this was part of the NFL, um, uh, part of the NFL Elite Performance Social Media Question of the Week. I will throw it out here right now. It was like, what are your current? I mean, what are your feelings on the current? set up for overtime rules in the NFL. So I don't think any game should ever end in a tie, no matter what regular season playoffs. It shouldn't matter. No game should ever end in a tie. I think the overtime rule should be if a touchdown or a field goal is scored on the first, we'll say the touchdown scored on the first possession, how it normally ends the game. The next team should have, one chance, so one possession to try and tie the game up. If they don't, obviously, then the game's over. The whole sudden death thing, I don't like because, I mean, a game should not be won on the coin toss. And I know, like, if the Bills would have scored, it would be the same thing. Um, I think in that aspect, if a team would score a touchdown, they should get the other team should get one possession with the ball. Because, I mean, everybody's talking about the college overtime rules, but the college overtime rules suck. And I know that from the Penn State game against Illinois, when everybody has to go for the two-point conversion after once they get to like three or four overtimes, like that's that's dumb. I want to see if the touchdown gets scored, 
I would have loved to see Josh Allen try and go one possession, tie the game. And then best team win at that point. Well, I've had a few days to sit and think about this. First off, I do agree that no game should ever win to ever be an end in a tie. Regular season or playoffs is is asinine to have a game that you compete in a tie. There should be a way that you can get it where you don't have um, to go, you know, three, four, you know, overtimes in football because that's a much. That's a lot in football. And I 100% do not agree with um, the college route. Not a fan of that. That's the stupidest shit. But I'm also not a fan of both teams get a possession if somebody scores. You know what I mean? Like, if you kick – I actually like these rules. If you kick a field goal, you know, on the first possession, no, we're not going to end the game because that's a cheap way out. I get that. The other team gets the opportunity to either match it or do better. You know what I mean? If the first – if the team scores a touchdown on the first on – the, on the first drive of overtime, that is game. Guess what? Play better defense. You just said it a couple minutes ago. Number one defense in all of football. Number one scoring defense. Number one points. I mean, number one yards allowed defense. Overall, number one defense in all of football. You mean you couldn't stop him once? You stopped him three or four times the whole game. You couldn't stop him then. You know what I mean? That's how I look at it. You know what I mean? I just don't feel that just because, oh, that's that. To me, that's like this participation award. Oh, well, Johnny didn't get a chance to do it, so we need to change the rules so he can get a fair shake. No, you should have won the game. You shouldn't have gave up 23 yards to the tight end over the middle of the field and you're the number one defense. You should have never been in that situation. So, no, I'm not a fan of changing the rules other than it should never end in a tie. Well, so, I mean, to my – so what I'm getting at with that is – for how exciting that game was, okay? And the NFL is all about making that money. The almighty dollar means everything. I, as a fan, would have loved, because I didn't have a dog in that fight, but I would have loved to see that Josh Allen get one more chance just to see what he could do against that Chiefs defense. And then after that, let's say they tie the game, whoever wins, wins. Because I would hate to see it like – because that first possession score for the touchdown is even on a kickoff. If somebody brings a kickoff back for a touchdown, which doesn't really happen because it's always a touchback, but you have that one rare occurrence where it would happen like that to me, I'd be like, really? That's how this ends is that like, like I want to see them battle it out. I mean, that and- shit happens in, in college football all the time. Then, then three seconds and you kick it off and short and Desmond Howard runs it all the way back oh, against Notre Dame for the national championship and the Heisman. You know what I mean? I don't know. You know what I mean? I'm just not a fan. You know what I mean? If it's just, just like ref, I don't, I'm not a big fan of referees. Um, if you switch to basketball or in football, I'm not a real big fan of saying the referees cost the players the game. No, you have plenty opportunity. You have plenty opportunity to overcome that adverse call yeah. from the referee to do your job. You know what I mean? This is just me. If you'd have done what you're supposed to do, you wouldn't have been in that situation for the refs call to affect the game. You know what I mean? So, and it's the same way in overtime. If you'd have done your job, 
If you'd have stayed your route, played your cover three press the way you were supposed to, Kelsey wouldn't have got 23 yards to be able to kick that field goal, to go into overtime, to let it come down to a coin toss. And then again, you had a whole nother opportunity to play defense. Defense wins championships. Oh, I don't disagree. Like I said, I I would be I'd feel the same way even if the Bills would have got won the coin toss and would have went down and scored. Because like again, in a game that, that was that exciting the, the whole way out. Like I thought that game was probably the best game of the weekend. Just to see, because I think in all honesty, I think Josh Allen versus Mahomes is our next Manning versus Brady deal. We're gonna see those two a lot. I would. I just wanted to see them give. I just wanted Josh Allen to get one more possession just for excitement purposes in that game because I thought it would be just awesome just to see how how he would have done. And then if Mahomes and them win, so be it. It would have been exciting to see. It would have. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah. In a perfect world, that would be great to see. And so, are you saying that Joe Burrow is the big Roethlisberger in that situation? You know what I mean? Since he did sneak in two in the AFC in between the reign of Peyton Manning and uh, Tom Brady? I think so. And that's only just because, like, Cincinnati's not that household team right now. I mean, everybody is starting to fall in love with the Buffalo Bills because of the Bills Mafia. Everybody loves the Chiefs now because of Patrick Mahomes, which you're talking that there's a Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. Here's the Bengals who are sneaking, sneaky good, but they're they're there and Joe Burrow is a good quarterback. So yeah, I would consider Joe Burrow as the Ben Roethlisberger of those three. I would even put him in there as the Phillip rivers of those, of those guys. He's good. He's there. Phil didn't win. <laughs> Joe Burrow hasn't won Phil anything yet either. Other than playoff, other than a couple of playoff games, but it's the same concept though. It's the same. They're the same two guys. Hey, check this out. I just hold on. This is you're not gonna like this. Neither one, you're not gonna like what I've already put up. Dan said he has a question for you. So yeah. you obviously know where this is gonna go. Yep, I already know. And where here's it's going. the question he has. <laughs> I just want to know what time the Eagles tea time is so I can go get him some autographs of his favorite quarterback, Jalen Hurts. I feel you. I feel you. But my <laughs> thing is my thing. <laughs> here's the here's the thing. Here's the thing. Joe Burrow is in his you kind of want to say first, still second half of first season because he hurt. You know, he was got yeah. hurt last year. So you kind of say this is kind of his full, full, full year of of NFL football. He already has more playoff wins than Tony Romo and Dak Prescott. I, and I get that. I mean, so. I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, I kind of figured. I mean, but also both my my team's quarterbacks have never been accused of taking anybody into the bathroom and having their way with them either to win a Super Bowl. So that's a different story. Uh, maybe they should. Maybe they'd actually. He followed Joe Namath. You know what yeah. I mean? Right, right. He's, hey, he's the old school guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They did roll on the motorcycle all the way back to Pittsburgh. And it crashed it without a helmet on. <laughs> so. Just shows how hard headed he is. Five thousand yards, right? Yeah, hit his head so hard he still throws for five thousand. What are we doing wrong with our lives? Maybe I should go hit my head. I can throw for five thousand. I don't know, but but so I think my assessment for Joe Burrow would be a lot better come next year. Whether no matter how far they go this year, 
whether they win this, if they go to the Super Bowl, win the Super Bowl, whatever they do, I want to see what Joe Burrow does next year. He has one full year under his belt, despite the injury last year. Let's give him another full year. Let's see how far he develops, how far he goes. Does he stay consistent? Does he exceed expectations or does he just fall flat on his face? Because we've seen guys fall flat on their face after having a phenomenal year. That's uh, my um, uh, dude in Cleveland. Yeah, Baker Mayfield. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I credit some of that this year because of him playing hurt for most of the year. Just, yeah. Just, but I want to see what Joe Burrow does next year for me to tell you, yeah, you know what? He is legitimately the Ben Roethlisberger. He's legitimately a Phillip Rivers. He's legitimately this because we can sit here all day and say you know, the Bengals snuck their way in, but – until we see what he does next year with a second full year under his belt, we won't know how good he actually is. Right, right. That kind of brings up a little questions that we have. Um, a little couple of the comments that I have to talk about dealing with the quarterback position in the NFL with these new guys, with Aaron Rodgers being um, uh, set aside, um, Tom Brady being set aside by young these younger quarterbacks you know, with their same fire and their same um, skill set, but younger versions of them. You know what I mean? Is this the beginning of the changing of the guard? You know what I mean? You got these guys going out. Phillip is gone. Drew is gone. Peyton's gone. Eli's gone. He hadn't said it yet, but uh, Ben Roethlisberger's gone. Tom's on his way out. Aaron's got a couple left. He could do an Aaron, an Aaron S move and be like, "Fuck it, I'm, <laughs> I'm a holler at you now." You know what I'm saying? And then you got all these this new group that we've been waiting on. You know what I'm saying? It's not Dak, it's not um, um, Watson, it's not um, and 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 Baltimore. It's not these guys. It's it's the group that we've been waiting on the next group of great quarterbacks, Joe Burrow, Herbert, um, um, uh, Jones, what not Jones, uh, Matt in, um, New England. Yeah. Mac Matt Jones. Jones. Yeah, yeah. Matt Jones. Yeah. You got him in New England. You got these guys. I mean, that are really, really good. That are ready to take over Patrick Mahomes. You know I mean? He's leading the leading of this group. You know what I mean? Is it time for this new group of quarterbacks? Is it time for these old fossils, even though Tom Brady is having another exceptional year? Is it time for him to go on out of here and let these young guys take over the league? So I think it's a changing of the guard, but I think there's two separate groups here. So I wouldn't put Patrick Mahomes in with the same as Herbert, Mac Jones, and Burrow, just because Mahomes has been in there longer now, four straight AFC championship games. He's above them. So he'd be, he's the next guy in line that I would say that could be like your Tom Brady. Then you got a guy like Josh Allen. Again, a few extra years above these other guys. <laughs> Dog is giving his opinion too. Um, Josh Allen's in there, I would say, with the Patrick Mahomes discussion of having a few extra years on top of that. I'm not disputing the Dak argument because he hasn't hasn't won anything yet. If he would, if they would start winning some games with him. You could start throwing him in there as that first category. That wasn't a dig at the Cowboys. That was no. just a Dak quarterback situation. Yeah, I yeah, just want yeah. to make that clear. Yeah, no, no, no. I know what you were getting at. I think yeah. though, like we need again, we need another year of seeing like Mac Jones, 
Joe Burrow, Herbert, where they're consistently making the playoffs. One year in the playoff or one year playoff run is not going to is not anything. A lot of teams go through one year playoff spurts and that's it. They're done. So I want to see them next year make the playoffs. Year after that, make the playoffs. Then it's like you know what this these are this is the future. This is it. Like these guys, we're going to see them in the playoffs all the time. Let's uh, let, let's keep them as our the, the next Brady's, Manning's, Roethlisberger's, all them. Sounds good to me. All right, since we're still talking about these quarterbacks, out of the four left, rate them from from the top to the the bottom. Okay, my top is Patrick Mahomes. Uh, God, I'm trying to. I would put Jimmy Garoppolo last. Nothing against him, but it's just like he did learn from Tom Brady, so it's not like. He's not there. Um, I, I don't know how I'd do two and three, though, because that's like – that would be really close. That's a close decision for me. Um, God, put him on the spot on this one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Most man. I did put him on the spot. I said he protects. Yeah. I would say <laughs> Joe Burrow would probably be number two just – for how he's playing, and I would probably say Stafford at number three. And just because Stafford had they they put a lot of talent around Stafford for them to make it this far into the playoffs. I mean, they spent a lot of money in LA, but I I would still put Garoppolo at the bottom. And it's nothing against him. It's just of the of the three ahead of him, I don't think he really compares to those three. Actually agree with your list. You know, what I mean, I think it could be a coin flip between Joe and Stafford. Jimmy, I think he's playing the role of a uh, the role of a Trent Dilfer. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's yeah. not going to go out and win you games, but he's not going to lose you games. You know what I'm saying? Even though he tried, he tried a couple weeks ago. He tried yeah. to lose them the game, but that defense is just exceptional in the way and how physical they play. Um, but yeah, Patrick Mahomes has to be at the top of that list, not just because of what he did this weekend, but of how he brought his team um through the 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 tough part of the season when you know everybody was question questioning if they were done or not, if they had reached their peak, uh defense was struggling, blah 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 blah. The adjustments and he leads their team doing the other things, the other things that got them to where they are. So I have to put Patrick at the top. I'm stick with Joe Burrow because he's so cool. Man. And I got Stafford there because, man, it's just exciting to see him have an opportunity to show what everybody thought he could be coming out of college, and he was just stuck in Detroit. Yeah. Well, see, and that's the thing. In Detroit, he had Megatron. And then he had a couple guys here and there that came in there and he still held his own. He was still a tough quarterback, but the Rams have put Cooper cup there. The defense that they put around him, they got OBJ in there now as a threat for him. That's why I can't really say like he is better than Joe Burrow just because he's had all the talent around him right now, mm-hmm. but he's, he's definitely a underrated quarterback. A lot of people hate Stafford. I, I think Stafford is one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the league. To be honest with yeah, you. I didn't hate Stafford. 
I just hated the fact that Stafford was in Detroit because right. it was a no-win situation. They didn't put the right people around him. Like you said, they're giving spotty people here and there, but was never nothing to contend with. Um, you tried out these. You got an offensive-minded quarterback. I mean, you got a, a, a gunslinger-style quarterback, but yet you want to continually give him defensive-minded-ass coaches and not put a explosive young offensive coordinator mind, coordinator mind to help him out. You always set yeah. him up to fail. Um, so it was great to see him get with an offensive genius and, and 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 talent around him. Side note, man, wow, all this shit that was talked about OBJ in Cleveland. Mm. And I'm not an OBJ fan at all, but Mm. <laughs> and he's making plays, you know, like, like he could, they was acting like in Cleveland, like he was washed up and he couldn't get open. And we just kept seeing him down the middle of the field, just like this. Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't know. OBJ came, became famous because that one handed catch in Dallas. And I'm not, he's not a terrible wide receiver, but he's been so up and down. Yeah. He's been so up and down. And he finally got his first touchdown with the Rams, and it was in the playoffs. So, I don't know. I like him, but I just – I don't know if – I don't think he was really that much of a factor for them making the playoffs. I think it was more so the fact that Stafford and Cooper Cup were just absolutely phenomenal. And then I thought the addition of Vaughn Miller was a lot better for them on defense and having OBJ because they still had plenty of talent. And then – Cam Akers coming back was huge for them. The running game has been really good. So this is, like I said, this is the most talent that Stafford has had around him, but I don't know if OBJ was really that big of a difference maker for them. He helps. He takes, he's another wide receiver. You got to watch out for, but I don't think he was a difference maker. So what you're saying, he's the um, nine head case Antonio Brown. Yeah, Yeah, we'll go with that. He's not going to take a shirt off in the middle of a game and run off the field and act like a crazy man. And then, <laughs> did, did you see he posted a picture on Twitter wearing a, a decked out in Ravens gear? Yeah. They said, oh, he agreed to sign with the Ravens, but they didn't agree to this deal yet. So, <laughs> you see the one where he, he was, it was the same picture of him running off, but he was holding the sign. It was like, uh, welcome some with the Bucks, the, oh, the Bucks, Bucks eliminated route or something like Bucks that. Bucks eliminated. <laughs> yes, I'm like this. This shit is retarded, man. It's almost entertaining, man. It is absolutely entertaining, and I'm just waiting for one of. I mean, somebody over has got to respond. Donna can sue. Some one of these crazy dudes has got to respond. I I almost <laughs> feel you know Tom's bad. too classy. Yeah, well, I almost feel bad for AB because he's so talented. Like, he's probably one of the best receivers in the game, but that dude is so lost in left field somewhere. It's like he's out with the scarecrows and all the weird animals that are out there around the scarecrow, just gone. He's just gone. But if he's on your team, you know you can, like, win with him because he's going to catch everything that you throw at him. But he's just not Everything. worth the headache. He's not worth the headache. Tommy, uh, what? Tommy Toe Tap is what he calls himself. Hey, I, I look at it. I look at it like this. You know, either Mike Tomlin was the greatest manager 
of personalities ever or that hit by Vontez Burfick shook up this dude's inner inner beast. I don't know, man. He has not been the same head-wise since that hit with Vontez Burfick. Like, I think there was issues in the locker room or issues, but that was nothing that Ben and Mike couldn't handle. You know what I mean? It was a, a whatever type deal. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But as soon as that hit came, like, all oh, the shit came. The, the Nino Brown style haircuts. The, the I don't Lambo like painted. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't like my helmet. God. I'm not playing for you. Like, what? <laughs> Just put on the damn helmet. <laughs> I got frostbite on my Tell feet. Like... But it, and they got mad when they didn't pay him. Yeah, and it got mad when they did pain. Like, yeah, <laughs> like I, what, uh, dude? I don't know. <laughs> oh god! But you know what? All right. Somebody, uh, somebody, somebody will sign him, we... though. Somebody's gonna sign. Yeah, him. somebody's gonna sign. Yeah, it's obvious. Somebody's gonna sign him. And come to like Dallas, we like criminals. <laughs> no, he's gonna come to Dallas. We like criminals. So. Oh. <laughs> Yes, Jerry Jones loves criminals, but he doesn't do drugs, so he's not. So he won't work with the criminal, you know, thing that Dallas has got. No, you know, what I mean, wide receivers do coke and hang out with prostitutes in Dallas. He he might. That's why he's so so wound up. Like for somebody who's that messed up in the head to be that energetic, we don't know. He, dude, he's probably like smoking ketamine for all we know. Like at this point, we don't know. <laughs> wow, <laughs> you heard it from the source first. Eight beats, high on ketamine all the time. Yeah. Hey, if that gets around, I know people is watching us. Yeah. <laughs> Famous for the wrong thing, boys. <laughs> all right. So, uh, last thing on the NFL talk before we get into the games for uh, Sunday, um, we do have Sean Payton who called it quits. Um, one, I want to know, do you think he called it quits for real or is this a past the time to go to Dallas? And on top of that, are you concerned by none of these coaching jobs have been filled? Uh, so Sean Payton question, I think this is his way of saying, I'm going to go to Dallas. Just blunt. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think Mike McCarthy is the answer for Dallas down there. His time management, clock management, how he handles situations is not the greatest. It, and it was like that in Green Bay. Everybody knew what we were getting with him when he came down there to begin with. I am concerned about all these coaching jobs not being filled, though. There's, I think we're going to start seeing some names fly off the board once the Super Bowl ends. Because I don't like the fact that they're trying to put um, uh, Kellen Moore over the guy from... Kansas City, their offensive coordinator that he that Kellen Moore is the a better enemy. candidate. Yeah, yeah, the enemy. Um, I don't think Kellen Moore is a better candidate than the enemy, and I think that's what a lot of teams are waiting for. Is let's see where the Chiefs go if they make it to the Super Bowl, and I think the enemy would be the first target that everybody's going to have. And if he comes off the board, then I think everything's going to fall into place after that. But I, yeah, um, it's concerning. I I do think that you're right with the Sean Payton. It might not be this year. It might end up being next year uh, because I'm sure there's some contractual issues since Sean Payton still had, what, two years left on his deal with New Orleans? 
Yeah, I think it's technically it's like one little over one year with like the option that they can do right. whatever with him. So basically, we're still under contract, so we'd had to been traded or yeah. some type of funny business going on. So I feel that he sits out one year and he comes back and takes the Dallas job. Uh, and I am concerned a little bit. I mean, but I do feel agree with you, with the steps going down. You know what I mean? And I think that's also the reason why Jim Harbaugh's name keeps floating around the head coaching scene with all these things because no one has been hired yet. But I do agree that there there's a pecking order, and I don't has any. I don't think it has anything to do with the Rooney Rule right now. It's just coincidental that the best candidates for these head coaching jobs happen to be black guys. So I don't yeah. think it has anything to do with the Rooney Rule. But I think Arab Enemy is probably going to be the first guy who's coming off that list that everybody's looking for, and then it's going to be uh, Byron Leftwich, who's going to be the second name to come off there, and then it's going to be Kellen Moore. Well, as so how the, the places fall. So I saw Leftwich was like the leading candidate for down in Jacksonville, which makes sense. That's, yes, since that's his home team. I mean, I I can see that. That's cool. I think what I think the secret weapon pick that everybody is not really banking on is does Dan Quinn leave as D coordinator of Dallas and go back to being a head coach because he he wasn't a terrible head coach, but he's shown as a D coordinator that he's like very very good. So. Is he, if he waits it out, does he want to coach with Sean Payton? I, but I could see him going and taking a head coaching job somewhere. So I think that's going to be the big factor. But I still think Bienemy is like the guy. As soon as he, as soon as he signs, if if he signs or he, they say, you know what, he's not leaving, that's when every other coaching vacancy is going to be gone. I think we'll we'll see like a string of like four or five coaches signed in a day. Right, I agree. I agree. I think with the Bienemy situation. I think it all depends on what they have <clears throat> planned in Kansas City with Andy Reid type deal. Yeah. Yeah. I, you, I agree. You know what I'm saying? Is yeah. he the successor? Is that what's known behind the scenes? Because I know people have requested interviews, but I don't know how many interviews he's actually taken or entertained. I know they're, you know, competing for the playoffs, but you always know when somebody is interested. Right. And doing other things. You hear his name, but you don't hear a lot of, you know, interest that he's might be going out. Like all these other names, these are guys you all know have interest in being head coaching job. Byron Leftwich, uh, Dan Quinn, uh, Kellen Moore, all these guys you know. But with with the enemy, it's been the media talking. You ain't really heard a lot about him. Only thing he has talked about is having those interviews with the damn Rooney Rule. And and there's the other name that we haven't like you don't really hear get talked about. And I know we haven't brought it up here yet, but what about a guy like Doug Peterson? Came off of a Super Bowl win with the Eagles, and then basically <coughs> mm-hmm. lost his job because of Carson Wentz deal, and now he's available. You know he's a capable uh, a capable head coach. Same thing with like the Harbaugh deal. Is he gonna is he gonna find his way back into the NFL? Like we don't know. And, right. and you touched on the Rooney rule, and I, I agree. This is not anything to do with the Rooney rule. It's just your best candidate. Literally, your best coaching candidate is close to probably competing for another Super Bowl. So, yeah. what do you do? Like, everybody's going to sit back and wait. Like, hey, everybody needs a coach. We're going to sit back and wait. Well, yeah. are we going to get a potential Super Bowl winning coach or not? Let, let's find out. So, 
Yeah. I mean, uh, they've known, we've known that these teams can work on the fly when it comes to uh, late coach hires and comes to the draft. We went through the COVID year. So we yeah. know that they can, you know, make draft assessments on the fly. So um, I can see that happening. All right. So let's get out of that. And we are going to take a short break and then we're going to come right back and we're going to get into this weekend's games and then we're going to call it a night. Uh, which one is it? Is this one. Yeah, that was elite performance. If you're looking to get in that elite performance shape, why don't you check out our man Zach Dyer over at Elite Performance 765-499-1005, where elite performance is done the elite way. Uh, what was I saying? Hey, Dan, if you're still paying attention, I need that new elite TikTok. That could be a commercial for them. That was a great how the transition from the old to the new is really good. They got a new spot. It's really awesome. So uh, let's get into these weekends games and conference championship um, weekend. Uh, <clears throat> really excited. We got four great games. Uh, we got low seeds and we got high seeds. So, well, not really high seeds. All our one seeds are gone. So that takes us into our Doc Sports NFL Picks of the Week. Was brought to you by Doc Sports Picks Text uh, BW Sports One to two nine zero two two for your free sixty dollars in picks. So we'll start with the AFC Championship game. We got the four seed Bengals ten and seven, which was their um, regular season record. At the two seed uh, twelve and five uh, AFC defending champs, three time defending champs. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. This is a three o'clock CBS game on Sunday. Uh, I hope Dan's not watching this because he does not want to take betting advice from me. Um, I will take, if we're going straight up, I'll take Chiefs straight up. And if we would take the spread, give me the Bengals at the seven point spread. Um, I was going to put the spread up, but. On Wednesday, there's really no point because that thing can probably <laughs> change like eight times yeah. before Sunday due to availability and unavailability and COVID and whatever. So um, I might put the spread up later and give my spread picks uh, Sunday morning for those games or right before tip-off. But um, I agree with you, man. This is going to be a really good game. Um <laughs> I really like this Joe Burrow Bengals team, but this Mahomes Chiefs team, it's looking like they're getting back to try to show, uh, get a, a little payback or a restart from last year's Super Bowl. 
Um, I think they had a bad showing. I think he feels that they're a better team, but they can do better than that. And he wants to get that opportunity again. So I like the Chiefs in this game. Um, I like the Chiefs in this game, 27-20. Yeah, so my score for that, I'm feeling more so along the lines of like a 28-25 type game, like a field goal game. Um, again, I think the Bengals can run with them. I think they can cover the seven points. At, I mean, I'm looking at it right now, it's just seven points. You're talking about a touchdown. I mean, that's 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 good. It's on the road in Kansas City. Bengals are proven that they can win on the road. They they can compete in hostile environments. So, but Mahomes at home, it, it just makes sense. I Chiefs by three. That, that's my pick. I'll take Chiefs by yeah, three. Yeah, over. If the spread is anything over a field goal for the Chiefs, I'm taking the Bengals. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on right. the spread, but straight right. up win, I have to go with the Chiefs. I yeah. agree with you on that. Um, so. But, again, this is going to be a really exciting one. These are two young quarterbacks. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, I said, is leading that new group of quarterback. Yeah, like you said, he's a couple years older in the league than those guys, but he's the face of this new this new regime of quarterbacks, and I put all those guys who are 25 and under in that, that, that group. So that's why I say he's the new guy on the block. And this is going to be a duo. You know what I mean? You got Jafar. Chase, who is exciting and that connection that you don't really get from college that transitions into the pros because they normally go different places. That connection is really nice, and I like them, but I think that Chiefs team is, is too tough. But pay attention to Tyron Matthews' concussion story. If he is able to go, hands down, Chiefs. If he is not able to go, it's going to be it's going to be that field goal game, like you said. And I think actually the biggest thing that's going to be the difference maker in this game is not going to be the wide receiver play. I think the running backs is Joe Mixon going to be capable of going up against Tyran Matthew and the whole Chiefs defense for how good they are. And in return, can Clyde Edwards Hilaire get back to that running back that he was and go up against the Bengals defense? Because whoever is going to run the ball the best is going to be able to manage the game a lot better. And that's what's going to, I think, would keep the game a little bit closer. I don't think we're going to have a quarterback duel like we had with Josh Allen and uh, Mahomes, but I think it's, it's going to come down on whose running game is going to come through in, in the clutch. And I think Lair is going to be probably just a tad bit better than what Mixon's going to be. Um, looks like Dan's got 31-30. I agree with you with the running thing because Patrick Mahomes is, is the X factor. He's the main guy, but he's the X factor. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's what beat them, but that's what let the Bills contend because Josh Allen could do the same thing. Maybe not as flashy as Patrick, but he controlled the running game just as much. And Joe Burrows is not that guy. So that's the key. I like it. I like it. So let's move over to the NFC uh, championship game where we have <clears throat> the six seed 49ers at 10 and 7 and the four seed um uh, 12 and 5 um nfc 630 fox game of uh, the rams so right now they're showing rams three and a half at home hosting the super bowl perfect storm money doesn't buy you a championship i'm taking the 49ers in this game they are playoff football nfl playoff football is all about the hottest team in the nfl the 49ers are the hottest team 
Debo is just playing lights out. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have to – he's just going to have to be Jimmy Garoppolo, just going to have to throw the ball, put the ball in Debo's hands, let the defense do its work, let Joey Bosa get to Stafford and just wreck havoc on him. I'm going to actually take the 49ers in this one. 35 to 21. I think that I think they I think they pull away on them. I really do. 35 21. I like it. I like it. That is absolutely amazing. Who is this commenting? Uh this is dead. I'm sure yeah. it is. Um sure. he he's going uh Niners 27 23. All right, so uh Man, this game is absolutely going to be amazing. I enjoy watching both of these teams offensively. I enjoy watching the Rams, and I enjoy watching uh, Aaron Donald control games from the center of the line. The addition of Von Miller brings an added rush, uh, added um, heightened IQ for that defensive calls to make it difficult for Garoppolo but the game is not going to come to Garoppolo. Garoppolo is not going to be the deciding factor of this game. He is going to play the Trent Dilfer role. He is going to allow this defense and this Depot Samuels effect to control this game. Um, they play a physical style of football. When you put your 350-pound offensive tackle in the tight end position and you pull him and he gets three Jeff Saturday pancakes. Yep. <laughs> that is something unheard of about how they are physical. And I think this physical is going to take Aaron Donald and them completely out of the game. And they're going to, um, they're going to dominate this. I think they're going to dominate this game. I like San Francisco. So when I walk into Carmel high school on Friday, for McKenzie's last game of her junior year, I am going to break out the archives. I'm going to break out the black Roddy Lott jersey for San Francisco because I'm going San Francisco 35, Rams 24. So my thinking for that game, though, is like, so go to the Dallas game. The 49ers were just dominating that game till like the fourth quarter when Dallas decided to start playing football again. And they go to the Packers game on the road in Green Bay with snow. If I think if it's if there's no snow, I think they <laughs> blow the Packers out of the water. I mean, they Rodgers was not looking too great. He's probably going to win the MVP. I would think he's going to win the MVP because they made the playoffs. But he does not. He did not look like an MVP quarterback for playing in those conditions for majority of his career at this time of year and the 49ers just put it on them and played that physical game. You're in a dome. You you're in a controlled weather environment. If they can do that in a atmosphere like green Bay and what they did at Dallas. Oh, I like Stafford, but come on now. Joey Boza on that defensive line is just going to wreak havoc on that offensive line. Like it's, it's not even a question. Yeah, I like I really like San Francisco in this matchup. I just think they're a more physical team all the way around. Even though the Rams have the three and a half point favorite right now, San Francisco won both of those games quite handily. Yeah. And it's not going to come down to Jimmy. Jimmy's not going to play a single factor in this game like he almost did in 
in the Cowboy game like you mentioned. Like, he tried to give that game away at the end. It gave the Cowboys the opportunity to still make it in. But, once again, Mike McCarthy and his poor clock management ruined that game. I saw a meme the other day. I saw a meme the other day. It said it took Patrick Mahomes the same amount of time. Oh, no. I've seen this one. I didn't know. Yeah. As it did for Dak Prescott to spike the ball. <laughs> yes. Oh, that was pretty bad. So, um, yeah, man, I just like San Francisco in this one, man. This is going to be a pretty good game. So, my matchup, you know, I got uh, – who do I got in the Super Bowl? You I got the – Super Bowl with the 49ers. I, I got the, I mean, yeah. the Chiefs and the 49ers, man. This is going to be a good one. I think so, too. The only thing that's, uh, that worries me about that matchup, though, is – the Chiefs are always a good second half team. So when it comes to the second half of the game, like the first half, it's usually somewhat close. And are they going to win? Or are they not? And the second half, it's just like Tyreek Hill gets a second boost. Patrick Mahomes becomes like perfect in the passing column. The defense just takes every ball that is thrown at them and just takes it out of midair. So I think that's where the matchup is going to suck is when we get to the second half of the game. I think you would see a little bit of the Chiefs pulling away. But yep, no one makes better in game situations uh better than Andy Reid other than Bill Belichick for uh, in game situations. But it's not a Tom Brady Super Bowl, so no, it's not. There's no Tom Brady. There's no Tom Brady. That was like last year there was the NBA finals with no LeBron. I, I was okay with that too. <laughs> I mean yeah, I get you, bro. Well, there you have it, folks. That is our time here that we have been given for you. Um, just wanted to make sure that uh, you check out the website, BW Sports 1 at G. No, at the, the stop. The website, bwsports1.com. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I think man. that might did we get another one? Uh let's see it's what it Dan. is. Would you guys say Reed is the closest thing to Belichick? Hold on a second. What kind of spelling is that on that's some disrespect to one of the greatest coaches ever? <laughs> With his, hey, 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 he went to a private school. They went to private school. He's supposed to be able to spell that shit. <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> I went to a public township. I can't spell that shit. He, he apparently can spell read correctly, and there's like 20 different spellings of read out there. So, yeah, there you go. Bella cheat. That's better. I don't know if he's the yeah, closest. That's I, don't know if he's the, I don't know if he's the closest thing to Belichick because it's Andy Reid hasn't cheated to get to where he was. So, I don't know if there's anything close. Maybe Ooh. Nick Saban. Maybe Nick Saban is the closest thing. Well, you can't mix. You can't mix college and pros. I think he's looking for just pros. No, I'm, I'm gonna give I'm, you my no, hand. I'm, I'm not. I'm not mixing. I'm just saying, if you want to talk about coaches who cheat, like Nick Saban is, is up there with him. So they're buddy buddy. Like that's the closest thing you're gonna have to Belichick. We're not gonna have a Belich another Belichick in the NFL because then everybody's gonna hate him. That's why there's so many coaching changes. <laughs> I love it. 
right. All right. If you're looking for any business opportunities from our fellas over here at the network, man, we got awesome faces and we got awesome voices and we would love to be awesome for you, your business and your product. So once you hit us up, info.bwsports1 at gmail.com or any of our social media pages, DM us. We're looking to get at you. These are things that we do. We voiceovers, video and auto editing, visual and audio projection, broadcasting and live promotions and more. Would you love to see us do your golf tournament or tennis tournament or blah, 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 blah tournament? You know what I'm saying? Or me, the drink beer, be the old fat black guy tournament. I'm good with that. <laughs> so you got it. But check us out. You know what I mean? From myself. Uh, Dan, the source, uh, the checkers, the clown, our Monica, our inspiration, and our resident body slam guru, Stephen. Um, check us out. We'll be, we'll love to uh, have you host you, show you good content. So um, we think I don't have anything else to jabber on. Um, so for the source, myself, Dukes of Football, holla. Peace out. <laughs>